0: The book of James, chapter number 1, the book of James, chapter number 1 this evening, and we look forward to another good Bible study tonight. We'll be in James chapter number 1, and then we'll be looking in James chapter number 3. We'll read from chapter number 1 for for part of our text this evening, and then we'll spend the rest of our time in James chapter uh, number 3, and uh, I'm excited about the good reports uh, we got from teen soldiers today, I believe there was five led to Christ today, uh, teen soldiers. so we praise the Lord uh, for that, and, and they weren't our teenagers, they were somebody else. Our, our teenagers have already been saved, just, just to clarify. Um, I know that some of you would doubt that, but uh, uh, praise the Lord for uh, them serving the Lord in that way. James chapter number 1. And I'm going to read two verses of scripture in this chapter, and then we'll we'll turn to James chapter number three in just a few moments, verse number 26, and verse number 27. <clears throat> now, uh, Sunday night I preached from uh, verses 22, 23, and 24, doers of the word and not hearers only. Um, I only mention that because this gives context to what we're going to talk about this evening. Verse 26. If any man among you seem to be religious, that's not a bad thing to seem to be religious from the standpoint of uh, we watch what we do, we, we live a certain way and uh, have a certain way that we conduct ourselves, but notice what it says. And bridleth not his tongue, but to see with his own heart this man's religion is in vain. There's a lot of people who talk a good talk, but they've never trusted Christ as their Savior. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. James mentions the tongue, bridling the tongue. Now look with me to chapter number 3, and we're going to read the first five verses of chapter number 3. My brethren... Be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great, and are driven of fierce winds, Yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so, the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter, a little fire kindleth. I want to use these verses of Scripture and several others in James chapter number 3 tonight and teach on this subject, the need to bridle the tongue the need to bridle the tongue. Sadly, when you, almost as unpopular in our churches today as it is to teach on money and, and tithing is teaching on bridling the tongue. Uh, but we should not be sensitive about either one. We ought to be reminded of how uh, important it is, and I trust that tonight will be uh, helpful to us. Father, I pray that you'd use the Bible study tonight, use your word to help us. May we uh, serve you in a greater way because we uh, are reminded of these truths. We establish them in our own life. Uh, bless your people tonight, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's important to really take a moment, and I, I can't take too long because there is much I want to get to this evening. To really look at the scripture that we read in chapter number three, verse number two. For many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, notice what it says. If we offend not in word, the same as a perfect man a complete man, able also to bridle the whole body. That gets my attention because we are told to keep our uh, appetites in subjection. We are told to keep our flesh in subjection. It takes the Spirit of God to live a Spirit-filled life to do so. This gets my attention because the Scripture tells me if I can control my words, I can control everything else. And a lot of times we, we, we have our, our lives out of control and it's because we can't control what we say. Look at verse number three. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, together they turned about with a very small helm whithersoever the governor listeth. Scripture reminds us that in that horse, you put a bit in its mouth as big as that animal is as strong as that animal is. Maybe you grew up around horses. Maybe you're, you're familiar with them. There's a reason why uh, when you buy a vehicle of some sort, they, they return to the power of the engine is horse power. Uh, horses are strong animals. But, you know, you turn just a little bit with that bit in his mouth. It gets his attention. The example of a big of a ship. You have a ship, that rudder is not near as big as that ship. In proportion to the ship, it's much smaller. The helm, the things that control the movement of the ship. With with that, in verse 3 and 4, we go to verse 5. Even so, just like a horse in its strength, in its power, in its size, is moved by that little bit, just like a mighty ship, is moved by the much smaller helm. even so. Another word that would mean the same thing would be likewise. The tongue is a little member. In comparison to, you know, this is kind of, maybe it's kind of silly to say, but maybe it'll wake us up tonight. Your your tongue isn't as big as your head. Uh, It's a little member. It's an insignificant member sometimes we think. And boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter, a little fire kindleth. Boy, the tongue, the words that are spoken, we well, can do a lot of damage. We're going to talk about that. It can do some good. But I'm afraid we don't take as much consideration as we need to when it comes to our tongue and doing good with it, but not doing evil with it. Uh, is interesting, and we'll see this in just a moment, but in context of using our tongues and our words in a way we should not, the word iniquity is often used. Iniquity is another word for sin. Evil is used. Uh, we think of things that God refers to as an abomination that was so discord. How is discord sown? It's, it is sown primarily with the tongue. We need to be reminded of, now we, if we put on, if we, if we say well, tonight we're going to take the 10 greatest sins that, that Christians commit, I wonder, if, if I hadn't included this into this tonight, how, on how many lists would gossip be? But if you study the Word of God, it should be at the top of the list. Well, those, those dirty, rotten, and these sinners, and this and this and that, and I'm not condoning any sin. You know that. But I'm afraid we don't give as much attention to the thing which causes the most damage. And truth of the matter is, there are some things all of us have a hard time with. This is one of them. And We need to be reminded tonight that our focus ought to be is to keep our tongue in check. You don't always have to say what you're thinking. Well, I just got to go, they're wrong, I just got to go straighten them out. No, you don't. Because most of the time, you're not right. Uh, But we have to be careful, and I'm going to give us the outline tonight, and hopefully this will be a a help to us. And sorry to bring to you such a depressing subject on a Wednesday night, uh, but it's one that, uh, that we need to be reminded of. There's a need to bridle our tongue. The scripture tells us it's possible. If you have a problem with gossip. If you have a problem with saying things you shouldn't say, you have a problem with saying words you shouldn't say or or talking about things you shouldn't, it is possible to bring that tongue in under subjection. It is possible. The scripture tells me, I want to remind us again before we get into the outline, that in order to to keep, I can keep my whole body under subjection if I can control my tongue. I think there's several connotations there, but one of them is it's a difficult member to control, and if I'm going to discipline myself to control what I say and control the things I talk about, then I can probably keep everything else in subjection. Notice several things. Let me say number one, there's damage caused by the tongue that cannot be undone. We see verse 5. We're going to read verse 5 and 6 again. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. The tongue can start a fire. Verse 6 And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. God puts a little bit of emphasis. He wants to remind us of how dangerous it is (coughs) to have an unbridled tongue. There is damage that can be caused by the tongue that cannot be undone. You think of a fire. Uh, Is is There's not many things that can cause more damage quicker than a fire can. Say, well, pastor, you could put a fire out. Yeah, you could put a fire out, but the damage is done use an illustration, and, and, and I think it will illustrate, uh, several years ago, I was out at uh, Brother Chitty's out in New Mexico, and on the, on that pro- that property he has out there, there's these huge cottonwood trees, beautiful, tall, just just magnificent trees, and uh, they're just beautiful to look at, and, and, and it's, you enjoy walking around down there, and Several years ago, when I was out there, I, I went by one, and I came in and asked him, and said, what happened to that tree? He knew his tree I was talking about, because that was one of my favorite trees. I name them when I'm out there, you know. Not really, but I so said, what happened to the tree? And he, goes to, he explains to me that he, he, he let somebody uh, help him in, in, in burning out some of the underbrush, and, and they weren't watching as careful, and, and the fire got to that tree. And the tree is still standing, but it's dead. It's dead because the fire got to it. Now, eventually that tree is going to continue to decay, and it's going to fall over, and it's going to decay. You say, well, Pastor, I understand that, but you can plant another tree. It'll take a hundred years for it to grow back to the way that one was. And, Pastor, you could, I can say I'm sorry you can, but how long will it take to undo the damage that has been done with our tongue? And let me just say for reference tonight, when I say tongue and speech and conversation, I'm also including what you might text, email, post on social media. That, I believe that is in context of what is being said. It all applies. And the damage caused by a tongue cannot be undone. We we do a lot of things with our tongue. We don't even we we, we do it. And we're not even thinking about it. Well, mention to people, say, well, I just I just think this, and I just think this. We're not careful. We're expressing what we think about an individual or a situation. It becomes either a gossip or b criticism. Well, I don't understand why. Don't okay. Don't express that. Because when you do. You are stepping out of an area that, that, that out of your area into another area, and you can become critical. Well, Pastor, We were just talking about what we what how we needed to pray. Um, yeah, that that ship has sailed. The damage caused by tongue cannot be undone. Um, what a, you know, as Christians we ought to be building people up. And I'll say this, and I'll spend a lot of time, no, I'll say that at the end. We got to be building people up, not tearing people down. We got to be supporting what we're part of, not putting a question mark on it. And you can say something, and we have all said things almost to the degree we can see the words coming out of our mouth that we're trying to grab them and put them back in, but you can't do that. Once it's said, it's said. Uh That damage caused by the tongue cannot be undone. And let me me just say to to mom mom and dad, be careful what you say in front of your kids. They hear your conversations. Well, I didn't mean anything about it. The damage done by the tongue cannot be undone. Be careful what you say. It takes discipline to... Keep some of the things that are in your mind there and not express them. Uh, and, and be reminded that there's a reason why. There's a reason why the Bible refers to it as a fire. Because it spreads. It spreads. So if they knew what I know, they, they don't need to know what you know. Uh well, well, somebody's news in the church. i got, I got to fill them in on everything. It spreads. It spreads. Nobody's concerned about the fire until it's in their backyard. Then they're real concerned about the fire. Be careful. The damage caused by the tongue cannot be undone. Number two. Perhaps I should have started with this one, but I'm going to go in chronological order of the Scripture tonight. Look at verse number eight. For the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. I'll give you statement number two, but let me just stop right there and say yeah, that's your tongue too. That's my tongue. Well, Pastor, you know I'm an exception to everything. Yeah, I know. You keep telling me that. But the truth of the matter is. We look at verse number 8, and here's the statement I want to make when we, when we consider the tongue Night, We need an honest evaluation of the tongue. But the co- tongue can no man tame. Well, I can, I can handle it. That would apply to, just because like we think we can handle other things. We can't handle if we, don't, if we don't give it the proper attention it needs, if we don't understand the damage that it can cause. And we gotta be careful of the words we use and how we use them, the tone we use them with. It can cause, I'm not just talking about gossip, and gossip surely applies, but the words that we say can discourage somebody and say, well, they shouldn't quit. They will have more about them. Yeah, probably they could, but I certainly don't wanna stand at the judgment seat one day knowing that I was the obstacle because of the way I said something. Or how I said it, we need to be reminded the tongue can no man tame. It is a dangerous thing. I'm gonna get to this in just a moment. That's why you gotta be careful what goes in your mind and goes in your heart. Because eventually it's gonna come out. But the tongue can no man tame. Notice what else it says it is an unruly evil. Gossip is evil. Criticism is evil. There are certainly words that a Christian should not say it is evil. Words said to discourage somebody or hurt somebody, that is evil. There are sins of the flesh, and certainly we ought to avoid them because they're destructive. They will destroy you. And you never anticipate that it's going to come. They're destructive. We ought to avoid them. But many of the ones that we would put on the top ten list of sins that we ought to avoid, God doesn't call them evil. But He calls the tongue evil. We need to be very, very mindful of that. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. See, Pastor, that's just a little... Don't you think that's going a little bit overboard? You can kill somebody with your tongue. I know churches that have been killed by the tongue. I know marriages that have been killed by the tongue. I know influence has been killed by the tongue. It's poison. We're, 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 we, that's part of us being mindful of, of who we do let influence us because there, we can be poisoned by the tongue. They, they don't even have to be talking about us. They don't have to be talking about a situation that pertains to us, but it can poison our minds by what is expressed. Tonight, what I want to hope for, and I don't, I don't know, I mean, we all have these problems. I don't know tonight of some just, just outrageous problem we have with this, and that's, that's why it's a good time for me to bring this. It's just a reminder, more than, I'm not trying to scold us tonight. What I'm trying to do is remind us of the damage that can be caused with the tongue. And we need an honest evaluation of the tongue. What I want us to accomplish tonight is I want everybody in here to do an honest evaluation and be honest with yourself and remind you how dangerous that tongue you have is and the power you have with it. Again, it's not just criticism, but that certainly applies. It's not just gossip. That certainly applies. But you can use your words to be a discouragement to somebody else. We need to understand the damage that it can cause. I don't want—I don't want to be guilty of that. I know you don't want to be guilty of that. But part of avoiding it is being honest about it. And, and what we should not say—we we may be able to say, "I want to discipline," and you can say it, but it's going to take the discipline. It's going to take the spirit of God to help you. you we, we ought to want to say, "I." I'm in control of my tongue. I'm not going to be critical. I'm not going to say things about anybody or anything I should not say. You say, what is gossip? Basically, if, if that person you're, you're talking to can't do anything about the situation you're talking about, it's gossip. So I just, this is what everybody's talking about. Well, what good does that do? If you can't do anything about it, why, why, would, you, why would you talk about it? Let me tell you what I've heard. What you heard and what you know may be two different things. Usually it is. We need to be honest when we evaluate our flesh, and we evaluate the tongue. uh, We need to be honest about it. And the Bible reminds us the tongue can no man tame as an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Uh, We ought to treat it that way. What's going to help us with that as we continue in our outline number three? I want us to notice the hypocrisy of the tongue. This is where I think a lot of Christians are guilty. I think well I'll say this too many Christians are guilty of, of gossiping. Too many Christians are guilty of saying things critical of, of somebody else that they should not say. Too too, too many. Say, Pastor Wait, a minute. if anybody does it, it's too many. We ought to be careful. But I'm afraid that the, one of the great stumbling blocks to this world, one of the great downfalls to our relationship with God is this third statement, is the hypocrisy of the tongue. Notice the hypocrisy in verse number 10 and verse number 11. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought... These things ought not so to be. Now, if a lost man talks like a lost man, that's to be expected. But he says, My brethren, there should not come out of the same mouth blessing and cursing. Doth the fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? The same mouth should not say, Praise the Lord, and then curse The same mouth should not say, Let me tell you about the love of Jesus, and then gossip about somebody else. The same mouth should not talk about the things of the Lord on, let me just say it like this. The, the same mouth of a saved individual should not sing the songs of praise unto the Lord on Sunday and sing the, the world's music on Monday. Should not should not talk like a Christian on Sunday. It's always a little bit humorous to watch new Christians kind of get settled in. And they hear the words that we use, like brother, sister. And if you're one of those tonight, you don't know why we do that. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. We belong to the same family. We're children of God. God bless you. I'm praying for you. Just some of the things that we say, It's they start changing their vocabulary. It should not be the opposite way for a Christian because they're getting more and more in this world to change their vocabulary to be more like this world. I can't tell you how many times that I've I've been at a place of business, and it's, oh, uh, you, you've got uh, this uh, discount, or you've got, or this is on sale, or this is, uh, somebody paid your meal. Uh, that never happens when certain individuals are in the restaurant with me, but anyway, somebody paid your, paid your meal, and, uh, bro, Daryl, you all right back there? And somebody uh, paid your, and I catch myself saying, praise the Lord. And they just look at me like, And I can tell who has a church background because they say, "Yeah, praise the Lord," and the ones just stare at me like, "Okay, okay, here's your, you can go now, sir." It's just, it's just the way I talk. But there should not be blessings and cursings; it's hypocrisy. You know, one of the things I think that hurts. Us and our testimony it hurts us in reaching this world. Is we're one, we're one thing on Sunday, we're another thing on Monday. We're one thing on Sunday, but during the week, we're completely another thing. We put on to fit in on Sunday, but we don't have to do a thing. To fit into this world on Monday through Saturday. Yeah, think about that for just a moment. How, even when Peter was away from the Lord, it was his speech that betrayed him. One of the things that he had to deal with was when he got away from the Lord, he started talking like a sailor again. It's our speech. It's, it's hypocrisy. We need to understand that, that out of the same mouth, we, every word that comes out of our mouth, we ought, to, we ought to evaluate it. Is this what a Christian should say? Is this, according to scriptural principles, is this something that I should be talking about? And we, we have to be very, very careful. Can I, let me just interject this in. We have to be very careful picking up the slang of this world. Very careful. It's easy to pick up the vernacular of this world, and 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 we got to be very very careful of that because just because this world's saying it doesn't mean we necessarily should be saying it. And so we have to be very very careful of the tongue. Then number four, and this is the final one I'll give you tonight. Look at me, at verse fourteen and verse eighteen. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts. Glory not, and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. What, what are we talking about? We go back to verse 10 and 11. Then in verse 12, Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either of vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh? Who is a wise man and do with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his manner of life, his works with meekness of wisdom. Now, look at verse 16. For where everything in strife is, there is confusion and evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. I look at verse 17, and I look at peaceable and gentle and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits. I'd like to have that said about me. I'd like to have that in my heart. I'd have that in my life, wouldn't you? And this is number four, and this is what I want us to think about as we conclude. The tongue is an eventual revealer of the heart. What you have coming in your mind and and you put in your heart is what's going to come out of your mouth. And so that's why I alluded to it at the beginning. That's why you got to be careful what you hear Because eventually, it's what you're going to say. You know, there's a reason why I don't read gossip columns. Because I don't want those things in my my heart and my mind. There's a reason why when somebody says, hey, did you hear? I stop them and I say, I don't want to hear. Especially if it has no application to me. No application to my family. No application to my church then I don't want to hear. Because if I don't have it in my head or in my heart, I can't repeat it to somebody else. And if I don't have the ability to do something with it, it's just taking up space. It's just taking up priority. And so we got to be very, very careful. And this is why you and I, all of us together, we must constantly... Be submitting ourselves to the Spirit of God, submitting ourselves to the Spirit of God, submitting ourselves to the Spirit of God, because we cannot control that tongue. All of us could say there's at least been one time, and probably more than that, in our life when we have said something before we even thought about it. I wish I could take that back. But it's like that fire. Once it's out, it's out. And so that's why we've got to be very careful to understand that what is in our heart, that's why if you, if you, if you harbor things, uh, if you teenagers, you harbor things in your heart, eventually it's coming out your mouth. If we listen to things that we should not listen to all week, whether, it, whether it's conversation, whether it's, it's, it's the philosophy, whether it's the cursing of this world, whether it's, it's, it's the music of this world, it eventually will come out. And so, well, it's not hard for me to pick up. Just standing around and talk to everybody, and what comes out of your mouth, I can tell what has been going in all week. And we gotta be very, very careful of that. Why? Because I don't want to say it. I don't want to think. I don't want to think ill of anyone. So therefore, I don't want to listen to anybody speak ill of anyone. Because what I hear is eventually going to come out. The tongue is an eventual revealer of the heart. If you are are dealing with things personally, and God is dealing with things in your heart, and God is dealing with you, and you don't handle things in your life the way they should be handled, you know what we do oftentimes? When we're dealing with our own problems, we deflect them on somebody else. I don't want to deal with my problems. Let me talk about somebody else's problems. And if we have something in our heart that should not be there, we need to deal with that because eventually it's going to come out. If you've got bitterness in your heart, for a lot of reasons you ought to deal with that, but if you've got a bitter heart, you you don't have to answer this out loud, but are, are the percentages greater or lower that given an opportunity you'll say something negative about that person you're bitter at? Well, I believe they're much greater. It's a revealer of what is in here. So the same thing for us to do, if we're going to control our tongue, if we're not going to hurt somebody with our tongue, if we're not going to destroy somebody with our tongue, if we're not going to be a hypocrite with our tongue, we want to speak of the love of God and the grace of God and how God forgives everybody, but so-and-so, they know better. So I got to tell everybody that they know better. There's no place for that. And at the same time, we should not, we should not. it's another form of pride to talk about how unfair everything is and how, how life is not fair and how, and how, and how things just, I just don't have the opportunities other people have. Oh, you need to get your heart right with God as well in that regard. Because we, we have much more than we deserve from Him and He's very, very good to us. The tongue is an eventual revealer of the heart. Let's be very, very careful. I said it earlier, I'll say it again in, in, in the in the closing. And if you haven't learned it by now, the closing is, is, I can close as long as I need to close. Be careful what you talk about around other people. New Christians can be hurt because... Those who have been saved long enough talk about things that maybe they feel they can handle, but that new Christian can't handle and understand. You gotta be careful. There, there are. I'm very, I'm very. I try. I try. I'm not perfect in this. I don't. I don't I'm not trying to convey that. I try. And, and, and the church has social media accounts. I have social media accounts, and I tie that in with what I say from the pulpit. I always want to consider. There might be somebody out here who's been saved for a long time will understand there's a brand-new Christian who won't understand. And I think we, gotta, we have to be mindful of that as well. Now, there's things I, I'll preach from the pulpit, things we just had that preachers-like conference. I'll say in a conference that, uh, that I might not say on, on, on a Sunday morning. Well, I would say it on a Sunday morning, so what am I, what am I saying? But the point, the point being is there, I don't want to be a stumbling block to somebody else. Let's be very, very careful with our tongue. Let's praise the Lord with our tongue. Let's speak the truths of Scripture with our tongue. Here's a novel idea. Instead of being a discourager, be an encourager with our tongue. I'm really afraid, with no exception in the building tonight, if we really stopped and thought about some of the things that we just quickly and flippantly said, how would they all line up with Scripture? Is it something I should have said? Is it a conversation I should have been having? Could I have said something to help the situation instead of hurting the situation? let's be reminded, we need to bridle that tongue. Um, it's amazing. You can have a very, you can change the way people think about you and judge you completely on your tongue. And just as you have that big, magnificent animal, that horse and that itty-bitty bridle turns it whichever way it goes, the ship with that rudder is not near the same size, turns it whichever way it goes, that tongue is not the biggest member. It's the little member that's caused a lot of damage. The tongue has hurt more people than... I can't think of anything else that's hurt more people than the tongue. And we ought to be using our words to help. We ought to be using our words to encourage. May we be challenged tonight to do so. So, Pastor, I just I just have these... these okay, it's fine. I have strong opinions about things myself. I hope that through the years I've become I've become a little more disciplined in not saying everything I think about every single situation. And, and quite frankly, that's one mistake we make. We think we have to have an opinion on everything. I don't have to have an opinion on everything. And you don't have to have an opinion on everything. But let me help us with this. If you have an opinion, no, it doesn't mean you have to share it. I know I think different. Did y'all, do y'all know that? I don't have a lot of time to listen to the radio. And when I'm driving down the road by myself, I, I usually have everything off. But there was a time when I listened to talk radio. And then I got to thinking, every time I listen to talk radio, my IQ drops. So I'm sitting there thinking, I wouldn't call in and have a conversation anyway. But then sometimes I'm thinking, you really took the effort to call in and say what you just said? That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Oh, my, what is it? As yes, we have an opinion and we think everybody wants to know what it is, everybody needs to know what it is. Was it, some of you historians help me, was it Abraham Lincoln that said, uh, and I'm sure I'm butchering the quote, it's better for people to thank you, a fool. Then open your mouth and remove all doubt. Um, I don't know if that applies to this, but it's, it's certainly good. Father, help us to control our tongue. Help us to use it to...